you know, proving someone innocent after they're dead is no good. No good. Yes. Extra virgins are always good. <laughs> okay. Those Toyotas must last forever. Because <laughs> all the terrorists are driving around in 1976 Toyota pickup trucks. Welcome to 8 Minutes on High. Today is Saturday, March 16th, day before St. Patrick's Day. And I'm Max. And I'm Zach. And we're here to do a podcast. And uh, Zach, I have to tell you, uh, on the air, I told you this off the air, but I want to make it official. This is our first podcast where I'm drinking Cranberry Bog, and this is the first of the night for... Eight minutes on high. I think you ought to tell people what that is because it's, it really kind of sounds disgusting. Mm. Fair enough. Cranberry Bog is a wine made by the Montezuma Winery. Um, many of our listeners will know this probably because I used to drink it all the time doing the Countless Green and Argonauts podcast. But it's just, it's really good. In fact, uh, our friend Linda, I introduced her to it and she said, oh, that's pretty good. I gave her another glass a little later, and she said, that's really good. And I gave her another glass a little later, and she said, this is my favorite wine. <laughs> well, that's the uh, measure of a good wine, I guess. There you go. So I highly recommend to everyone uh, Cranberry Bog from Montezuma. And, um, we are talking someday, a New York wine, too, right? We, this is a New York wine. It's actually an award-winning wine, and we probably should stop doing a commercial <laughs> for them. I don't know. That's okay. Maybe you can get a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I have I, I mentioned to them once before that we mentioned them on the podcast, and they took no account of it whatsoever. <laughs> no. Well, I thought maybe you'd like to start off with the Vatican news for this week's. Uh, we uh, we've talked about them the last few weeks. Right. Yes. Uh, my favorite term. I don't know why I like this so much. Abemus papam. We have a pope. I personally am kind of excited about this pope i'm not a religious person some might call me a lapsed catholic but i root for the catholic church i want it to be better and this guy is a is a jesuit they are called the society of jesus and they have a long history apparently of fighting with the vatican which since the vatican seems to be the ones that are responsible for protecting the diocese that are protecting these bad priests uh if we get a pope who irritates the old infrastructure, that means a good thing in my mind. And the guy lives among the poor and rides the bus, and he could have a cardinal's limousine. All these things make me hopeful that he's a, a, the right guy for the job. He, he looks a little cranky. Um, I'm hoping he gives the bad people in the church a hard time, and I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic, too, even though I'm not a Catholic, but uh, the Franciscans are into education. He's a, a, a chemist. He has a degree yeah, I in heard chemistry, that. and he's taught chemistry at the, you know, at the college level and uh, has taught all sorts of other you know, academic subjects. So he's, he's an educated man in science. And yay for science. <laughs> <laughs> yay, science. He's got a master's degree, I heard. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're, we're all about science. And he picked the name Francis. Right, and St. Francis was known to be a gentle person. Uh, which So uh, he's gentle and peaceful, and 
works with the poor and sort of dedicates himself to the things I think the church should be dedicated to. Now, if he will dedicate himself to cleaning up the corruption in in the Vatican, uh, I think we, we have potentially a great man. Yeah, I know he's anti-gay, but I can't expect too much from a pope. But <laughs> you know what? And and I got a I got a message from a Catholic friend of mine who ripped him for that, and and I think that's a fair criticism. Um, certainly in this country, civil rights are civil rights, and uh, you know we we highly prize them. I. I think I understand where the tradition of being anti-gay comes from. I don't condone it. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. You're right. Yeah, but other, I mean, it seemed like an interesting choice, and they did it rather quickly. Uh, they didn't have a three-month uh, conclave. conclave or anything. So, and the white smoke came out properly. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's always exciting. Whether that technology will work. So. <laughs> technology, I like. Yeah. That. Um, I was going to mention that down here in Maryland, uh, the uh, Maryland legislature just banned capital punishment, and it brings the number of states that, I forget the number, that have banned capital punishment up, and I think they need four more before the Supreme Court will visit whether it's uh, constitutional, cruel, and unusual punishment. Well, I know they've made decisions on that in the past. What does the number of states have to do well, with there, there was something about a critical mass of uh, popular... Uh, opinion before they would hear another case about it. Mm, interesting. Uh, I don't think it's a, an official thing, like written in stone or a lie or anything, but... Right. Um, they can sort of make their own rules, like yeah. we, we're making a rule that says we need so many states to do this before we'll look at right. it. They also need a case, oh, but that shouldn't that be should hard be to That shouldn't be too find. hard. There's plenty of people <laughs> put to death, so anyhow. Well, I, our friend Don has a theory that one uh, that a people should never give the state that much power well it's an interesting subject to be talking about after we just spent a bunch of time talking about whether we have the right to assassinate an american citizen on u.s soil but right part of it is the number of people that on death row that have been found were innocent with new technology of dna testing and stuff right and and to me that trumps everything until you get to what i call a standard of beyond all doubt. You know, there are some people, Gary Gilmore, uh, what's his name, that was eating people in Chicago. Guys that we knew beyond all doubt were, you know, horrible people. Their lives were useless. They could never be let out. They were not retrievable, and, and I didn't see a point in keeping them alive anymore. So maybe I'm not a good liberal, but well, the interesting thing, if you don't want to do it through a liberal uh, vent, then you can do it through a conservative vent because the uh, cost of having a death penalty is very high. Yeah, it's true, but part of that is is legally mandated appeals. It, exactly. I don't care what the reason is. <laughs> well, you could you could change the law there and say you don't you don't necessarily have to have an appeal well, of a death penalty case. Ifs and coulds and maybes and might, but it is right. expensive. Right. So, uh, that's that's another thing to think about of how much you want to. Oh and yeah. There's the scientific piece, right? They'd like to study these psychopaths. Yeah. Try see uh, what makes them tick to see if we could figure out how to, you know, reduce the, right. the occurrence. Uh, yeah. These are not arguments but, I care for. I'm just throwing out extra ones. I just don't think we ought to be, we're too flawed to 
Yeah, the process is certainly flawed. I I, I believe you shouldn't. The, the state shouldn't kill anybody uh, with the standard of, you know, reasonable doubt. I, I it, just because we've proven so many cases where someone was we've proven them innocent with better technology. You, you know, proving someone innocent after they're dead is no good. No good. Well, that was one of the the. Um things I had against Clinton, as a matter of fact, that while he was campaigning, went back and signed the death orders for three people. One of them was an extremely, um, and this is the legal term, retarded right, I understand. Uh, person who, he was, he was so unknowing of what was going on, he, he, he uh, saved his dessert from his last dinner to eat later. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not. I funny. know it's not funny, but I mean, and they're they're executing this this person that obviously doesn't know. I mean, right. and there was a lot more evidence than that, but it's interesting you say that because I was going to say something similar about a guy that George Bush killed while he was campaigning. Well, he was the governor of Arkansas, uh, Bill Clinton. Clinton, right, and and Bush of Texas, and I'm sure they executed a guy whose IQ was no higher than 80, and I think it was 60. And at some point, you just say, you know, come on. But anyhow, that just thought I'd mention that uh, probably tick well, all our non-liberal listeners. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, any reasonable person is going to be, I would think, in favor of erring on the side of saving the innocent versus punishing the guilty. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I'd probably rather be executed than spend my life in prison. I would, yeah, I, if I were in that circumstance somehow. Mm-hmm. So, on uh, another topic, I was wondering if you'd like to talk about the courts this week, the U.S. District Court and Appeals Court decisions? Yes, yes, I have a note about the District Court, uh, the, no, <laughs> an appeals court in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., that said that uh, the... Uh, Courts were allowed to look at things. The, the CIA said, we can't even confirm or deny whether or not we have drone attacks. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, it's none of the court's business. And the court said, uh, yeah, you got you to gotta at least show this shit to a judge. And, you know, it was the first decision that had gone against the drone program ever, as far as I know. And uh, I'm wholly in favor of it. I think at the very least, if we're going to have a drone program, it has to be subject to judicial review. So that's kind of my first thoughts on that. And the, the decision they were talking about was had to do with the Freedom of Information Act. And uh, as you said, uh, a request was made for information. And the response was they wouldn't even talk about whether they had or did not have these documents. The court said, under the Freedom of Information, you have to explain which documents you have. Whether or not to release them, there are things under the Freedom of Information Act that you don't have to release. Right, especially CIA stuff. Yeah, but they can't just stonewall and say neither uh, affirm or deny. So that 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 basically was the ru- ruling that they they have to at least do due diligence on the Freedom of Information Act in the case of these drone strikes in the CIA. Right, and they have to. Um, well, 
this, the the Freedom of Information Act is well has has its processes, whatever the processes are for what uh, the government may say is classified. There's a process for them in the courts to determine whether that's relevant or not. I don't know right. exactly what that process is, but the first the first part of it, the way I understand it, is you have to show it to a judge. That was what the decision said was uh, the judge gets to determine that this is the, the separation of powers that another branch of government gets to look and say, this should be classified, this shouldn't be classified, this does exist, this doesn't exist. You have to show it to a judge. Well, I, I didn't read it that way, but if that's what you read, that's what you read. The Freedom of yeah. Information Act does not force the government to turn over something that they feel is um, national secret that you can't turn over. And, well, and, the, and what do you mean by turnover, though? They don't have to accede to the national or to the request for the freedom of information. And then it goes to the courts, and the courts will ask for it. And then it's up to the executive branch to either use executive privilege or not. Uh, and uh, it goes I, into the executive privilege fight. <laughs> right, which generally the executive wins. Although that didn't work for Richard Nixon, right? So it, like I said, it brings it. It takes away the CIA's ability to stop the existing process of the Freedom of Information Act, because that's what they were doing by not acknowledging that they, whether they had or didn't have these records, they were basically saying you can't even ask us. Right. The court said bull. <laughs> right. Here's here's a quote that I found, and and I homogenized. I. I patched a bunch of quotes together so i can't <laughs> tell you what my source was but uh it says under the ruling the cia must disclose at least to a judge a description of its records a description of its records right. this is not great national security no well that's uh, saying what do you have or what don't you have it's not necessarily the document right right and it says in, in this quote it does not necessarily mean the contents of any of those records will be made public. So, but it, the point is it, it gets right. another branch of the government to, to take a look at it. And the one thing that the framers, everybody's talking about the original intent and original constitution and, you know, the worshiping of Thomas Jefferson, but it's, he was about separation of powers mm -hmm. and this keeps the, the the administrative branch from having complete power. Right. It's it like I said it throws it throws the CIA and they have to comply with the Freedom of Information Act now with whatever yeah. hundreds of thousands of rules those might have whereas before right. they were just ignoring it. Right. Exactly. And and yay for that. Um we, we you and I, I think both could be broadly said to be in favor of the Freedom of Information Act. Mm -hmm. The other one was, uh, I think we've talked about before, way back when, national security letters. Yeah, remind me. Uh, and at, well, first of all, it started way back. Uh, it it didn't start like uh, with the uh, Patriot Act. It started, ooh, gee, uh, like oh yeah, yeah, in the seventy-eight or something. Um, but anyhow, it's a way for uh, the government to get information from like phone companies and banks and stuff. Right. And now, what what did this ruling? Was there a ruling against these national security letters? Well, one of the things was is that the they could the government could go in and request these records, and there was a gag order 
where you, the, the, the place couldn't tell you that the government was coming in and looking at your stuff, like reading your right. email or whatever it was that they're doing. I don't know. Right. And now the appeals court has said the district courts said that you can't do okay. that. There, uh, one so of the telecom tele, or telephone companies uh, right. ob uh, objected. I think it was about time, but that gets me to my whole bitch about corporations. But uh, so yeah, now uh, they're going to let us know when the government is snooping on us. Uh, basically, that that's what it says. Uh, let's see, it covered uh, the uh, NSA's are written. Uh, Demands from the FBI that compel internet service providers, credit companies, financial institutions, and others to hand over confidential records about their customers, such as subscriber information, phone numbers they've called, email addresses they've emailed, and websites they visited, and more. And then it goes on further to say that the person being investigated is not to be notified. That's the gag order, and that is what the district court banned. So that's that's very cool, and and that makes me feel good about uh, you know the balance of powers again, the checks and balances that the the court's able if this holds up to say, well, no, you can't do that. You know, I, I'm a liberal, but this Obama administration seems to had had continued right along the the Bush policies about just do whatever you want and. I, I was listening to there's a guy who's made a movie that's going to be on Showtime about Dick Cheney mm -hmm. and and in the snippets from it that I've seen as he's promoting it Cheney says you know I'm I'm here to protect the American people and I don't feel guilty at all about what I've done but if you remember and, and I'm not saying that you don't he takes an oath to preserve protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. And arguably, that's more important than, you know, an individual citizen. What, what do we have if we give up all of our rights so that we can be protected? Sounds like Franklin. <laughs> What's he said? Uh, Any society who is willing to give up their freedom for security deserves neither freedom or security? Exactly. So, you know, I hated it when Bush did it. I hate it when Obama does it. I find it shocking that Obama, the constitutional lawyer, did that. But um, I'm glad that the courts have now pushed back a little. It's it's part of the Patriot Act and um, part of the up or the whatever they repassed it again. Yeah, and what's that? Come on, damn Democrats! I understand that the right right wing Republicans are gonna, you know, vote for this shit. But it's about time for the Democrats to stand up and say. Hey, wait a minute. I think that they did uh, uh, soften it in some areas, but I'm not an expert in that. Uh, but I know they left the thing about uh, the president can uh, kill an American citizen outside of the country in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, again, you're right that, you know, if they're coming at you with a gun and wearing an enemy uniform, we certainly have a right to kill them. Um, which gets me to another point that I did dig up here, which is this concept of signature strikes. Uh, regarding the the drone war, and and I, I finally sort of re-listened to our last show, and I and I take your point about the technology is not the important thing; it's what they're doing, and and laser blasts from the sky are virtually the same as drone strikes from New Mexico as far as who you're killing and what you're killing, 
And uh, I'd like you to read you this paragraph from uh, another uh, article that I snipped, which is the vast majority of, of drone attacks conducted by the U.S. have been signature strikes. Those that target groups of men who bear certain signatures or defining characteristics associated with terrorist activity, but whose identities aren't known. In 2010, for example, Reuters reported that of the 500 militants killed by drones between 2008 and 2010, only 8% were the, ki were the kind top-tier military targets or mid-to-high-level organizers whose identities could have been known prior to being killed. Similarly, in 2011, a U.S. official revealed that U.S. had killed twice as many wanted terrorists in signature strikes than in personality strikes. The point being, if you're a group of guys who we think are bad guys and you're riding around in a Toyota pickup truck, and somebody else made the point, those Toyotas must last forever. Because <laughs> all the terrorists are driving around in 1976 Toyota pickup trucks. But... The United States has decided we can kill people. You know, if you got a Toyota pickup truck with 12 guys in it, that's enough of a signature of terrorism for us to blow you up. And again, I'm opposed. I, I know we want to be safe, but, you know, if you got 12 guys in a pickup in Yemen, that's not enough evidence. Well, I'm, I'm sure if the policy is written that says if you see 12 guys in a pickup truck, you can blow it up, then I'd be opposed to it. I suspect it's a little more sophisticated than that. But I also agree that the government will screw up just about anything it does, so it, it's a bit scary. We, and and at the very least, we want the courts to be able to review this kind of shit. If, if We do not want this in the hands of one branch of the government and, and you know, not have it supervised or reviewed well so. you know that's similar to a fisa court kind of argument but as it, i read, that's my argument as i read my constitution the president has the commander-in-chief power and be careful uh-huh yeah yeah um but i think that's intended to be a war power and i know we're talking about eh, what's a war now exactly that's why i said things have to be written down and made clear and a fisa court type of thing may be the appropriate resolution right. yeah. to this but i'm sure it's not you know a little bullet that says if 12 people are in a toyota pickup you can blow them up Obviously, no, but what know. if it says they have the signature of a terrorist organization? Right. I'm, I'm saying I don't know what that definition is because let me tell you, okay, if I'm sitting here in the government and I'm deciding what the criteria is and I post that on the Internet, they're going to get Dodge trucks, okay? <laughs> you don't go out and right. tell the bad guy right. Uh, right. on Thursday afternoon uh, the FISA court leaves so we can't really shoot anybody, so that'd be a really – Friday's a really good time to meet. Yeah. Right, but the FISA court also has backward-looking authority for three days, the way it used to mm -hmm. be written. My, my, point is, not... my point is is that you and me and whatever person you were quoting has absolutely no idea what the real criteria is for any of these strikes because it's secret and classified, and I doubt they have it. Okay. But okay. Just, yeah. But it need, it need I would feel more comfortable if I felt that there was a process in place and these were well defined, because like you said, we're probably making an awful lot of enemies when we make mistakes. I know if my uncle right. was shot from the sky by a drone, I'd be really upset with whatever country was doing it. So. Right, and and, and I agree with you completely on that. But you know, what if, what if it's a cricket team in Pakistan? 
you know. Well, like I said, I don't know what the criteria is. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm speculating. Anyway, what else you got? Um, well, this was my favorite of the week because it's uh, it's something we've talked about. It's something that's controversial, and it's it, and I mentioned last week that I had a new top of my idiot list. Yeah, I love the idiot list. And it was Ted Cruz. Okay. And you you remember uh, I was I was upset about Ted Cruz and the way he was handling the uh, confirmation hearings and, and his lack of respect. Well, he he reared his head again. And started lecturing Diane Feinstein this week. I don't know if you right. Um, I want to point out to the audience at this point that you and I believe that Ted Cruz behaves in a Joe McCarthy manner. Yeah, yeah. I just just to clarify for anybody who didn't get it, and McCarthyism is repugnant to us and many many other people. So he he started. Uh, Diane Feinstein is uh, the. Uh, senior senator that is uh, from California that is um, the sponsor of uh, gun, um, new gun legislation. In, uh, I saw an interesting thing on Rachel's show about that. Hmm. Uh, Diane Feinstein was a member of San Francisco City Council hmm. and became mayor when Harvey Milk and Moscone, the mayor, mm-hmm. were assassinated. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so she has firsthand experience, according to Rachel Maddow, uh, put her fingers in the bullet wounds yes, to try there. to see. If, yeah, yeah. So, well, oh, go ahead. So anyhow, uh, she's been a senator for 20 years and before that a mayor for I don't know how long. And yeah. she's, a, she's a well-educated person. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ted Cruz started lecturing her. Now, his question was, basically, do you think that we, if we should ban certain th- guns in the uh, Second Amendment, are you in favor of banning stuff in the First Amendment? That was, that was the basic question. And right. um, it was just, like, not asked that nicely. And I, I would have answered that right. we do ban things in almost all of our Bill of Rights. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. First Amendment, right there. Right there. You can't do child pornography. First Amendment. First right? Amendment, right there. So we do ban things in the First Amendment. And so may I, may I interrupt for a second just to say, fuck you, Ted Cruz. Fuck you. Fuck you a lot. Excuse me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be associated with those comments. But <laughs> you, that's, you, that's the way I. You made me cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what the silence was? <laughs> yes, I had to mute myself. Um, well, I, he's he's at at the top of my shit list. Well, the, the funny thing is, is I think he is pretty educated and stuff. He's 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 from Texas, and and he has a constituency that's like that. And I understand the uh, uh, passion of the Second Amendment right people. Yeah. But are, are they aware that we've had gun legislation since I think it's been the 30s, the 1930s, the National Firearm Act? That's why you can't have machine guns. Yeah, and they did a thing again on Rachel Maddow's show about that and how uh, if the bill that Bill Clinton had passed, had signed, had been extended when it was not under George Bush, the gun that the guy in Newtown, his mother had bought would not have been purchased uh, because uh, of uh, the assault weapons ban 
And that was a Diane Feinstein piece of legislation. And she had the the good not good. She had the experience of of knowing the effect of one of these mass shootings. Now, that that National Firearm Act was passed way back in the 30s, has been amended several times since. I think the latest was uh, 68. Uh, It includes grenades, mortars, rocket launchers, large projectiles, heavy ordnance. Right. uh, And all of those things, machine guns, sawed-off shotguns, and rifles. And... uh, and by the way, the guy at Ruby Ridge who that, who started all of this stuff was selling sawed-off shotguns. Right. It, it was that was the uh, that was the impetus of the warrant there to that they were serving. Right. So right. the point the point again is that if we read the Second Amendment and and like read the whole thing instead of as the Second Amendment right people tend to like to do, only read the last part of the last sentence. The right. right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If we take it from the beginning where it says a well-regulated Ordered, mil- right. well, well-regulated militia is the actual word. Right, right. So well-ordered militia seems to indicate that we have the right to regulate. And, I mean, it uses the word regulated in the Second Amendment. Right. And, and it's been, it's been decided. Thirty-four. Right, and so I, I, I don't. My understanding is the Scalia court admitted that there were some weapons that were not allowed to be sold to the average citizen. Mm-hmm. Scalia. Mm-hmm. So we're only talking about where you draw the line. Well, the interesting thing is you can actually these weapons aren't banned, the machine guns and and stuff like that. Yeah, you have to get approval of the attorney general. <laughs> Wow. If you want to have one, also, oh. also there's an excise tax uh, uh, put on those. Mm-hmm. So, so, so anyhow, the point is, is that we need to have a rational argument. And there's two sides of the two parts of the gun debate that are s- totally separate questions. One is the mass killings question with the semi-automatic weapons mm-hmm. and the large capacity magazines. And the right. second part is the one that is responsible for the other 28,900 deaths, gun deaths in the right. United States, which is the, you know, handguns and less lethal, lethal weapons. Right. And all they're approaching right now is the large capacity magazine and the mass destruction issue. They're not approaching right. the other part. Right. And and uh, I think, honestly, and I haven't developed this whole thought but the short version is, I think the Second Amendment has become a fetish among some people. I really do. That they just love it, that it's it's somehow tangible, and it gives them the idea that they're wilderness Americans. And there are wilderness Americans who need big guns. You know, you live in Alaska. I've been told if you fly a bush plane in Alaska, you have to have a, a weapon above a certain size just in case you get stuck. You know, uh, but by the same token, um, you can't have a 50 caliber machine gun in Manhattan. Well, uh, whether you can have it in Manhattan is another question, but I I don't believe the uh, Gun Control Act or National Firearms Act 
prohibit you from having them. They prohibit you from having them without special permission from the attorney general's okay. office, okay. which right. is like the most massive background check you're ever going to want to go under. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those right. people that have actually purchased those, and you see most of that in like, say, Tennessee and stuff, right. they, I think, have committed like zero crimes. Right. <laughs> because you right. can't get them unless you've had like an extensive background check and it's heavily watched. So I think I've heard that uh, ex military for ex military it's more easy it, to obtain them. Well, you, you generally you have had some kind of uh, national security clearance and right, you know, firearms training. Yeah, you know, Oswald was a uh, <laughs> ex military yeah. and used a illegal rifle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So. Well, right, and and you can do bad things with with legal weapons. But anyhow, uh, but Ted Cruz. And <laughs> you've heard my Ted Cruz thoughts. So, I don't know. I um, I think he's an embarrassment, and I think Texas will replace him next term. I hope you're right. I I think he's an embarrassment, and that Texas will reauthorize him next time. Okay. Well, we'll keep that in mind six years from now. All right. And hopefully um, we'll all be alive. Yes, yes. And I guarantee you I won't be in Texas. <laughs> Actually, I've spent some time in Texas. It's it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think <laughs> you're easier to get along with than I am. Oh, yeah. We, well, we had a lot of fun because I was a New Yorker and they were Texans and we were, you know, mouthing off at each other and – Ended right. up, you know, putting arm and having beers and stuff. <laughs> and and that's fine. And there's, there's a, uh, you know, I have this sort of uh, uh, probably false attitude about people in the South. But I, I feel different about Texans than I do about Mississippians, for instance. I, I think Texans have uh, a love of education. And uh, I'm not sure that the same could be true, be true in all cases. Uh I better stop where I'm going. Uh, we we need to close the podcast probably pretty soon. Okay. And uh, I have ten surprisingly believable bits of malarkey in honor of St. Patrick's Day that I thought I'd throw at you real quick. I like the word malarkey. Yep. Um, first one, these are things that are not true, but people believe to be true. Sugar makes kids hyper. That's not true? That is not true. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, that's because we read this on the internet, right? Um, this is under science.howstuffworks.com. Hmm. This is science. Okay. Uh, you can disbelieve it, uh, but they mention sugar and kids' parties, and they say, you know, if the kids are hyper after they eat a lot of sugar at a birthday party, it's probably because they're running around with a bunch of hyper kids. Well, I think kids are hyper after they eat. Yeah, um, sugar, actually sugar will, you know, increased blood sugar will give you more energy. And then when that's burned up, it will actually give you lower energy. And it's very likely to take a nap after a sugar rush. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my words, not uh, theirs. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's first thing. That's what they say, okay. Yeah. Uh, next disease, uh, next disease. Next is heart disease mostly affects men. We pretty much all know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Women, all kinds of now with all uh, the equal rights and getting in the workplace and all that stress and everything, they're catching up. Um, I think, and I I don't want to read this all to you, but there's there's a you know several paragraphs about it. I think that 
uh, women's, I think estrogen reduces the level of heart attacks um, pre-menopause. I think that's the short version of that. But after that, women are as susceptible. And women's heart attacks, they say in this article, appear differently. Don't they also have uh, higher body fat content, women in general? Generally, I think that's true, although that's not mentioned in this article. Hmm. But yes, uh, it has to do with the ability uh, to keep a fetus mm-hmm. warm mm-hmm. you know, and growing. Um, this one's interesting. Number three... People have different learning styles. That's this, not true? This is not true. Wow. This theory has struck a chord with educators and students alike. Research has never been able to back that up. Hmm. This, I'll have to ask my teacher uh, yeah, children here what I, they think of that one. I thought you might find that one interesting. Well, I, I'm sure you feel you have a learning style. I do. I've... I've Totally bought into it. I believe I'm completely a visual learner. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was quite a shock to me. Mm. Well, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. um, Science, uh, howstuffworks.com. Number four, if it's high fat, it's bad for you. Uh, You probably know, but it's science, that there is good fat and bad fat. And... uh, some things like avocados, rich in good fats, omega-3 fatty acids, can help lower cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not all fat is bad for you. Olive oil. Right, um, right. But that, that goes back to that big trans fat uh, uh, thing. Exactly, yes. Extra virgins are always good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this one you probably knew. I knew it. Coffee can sober you up. That's false. Yeah, I believe you just make a wide-awake drunk. I, I agree yeah, with that exactly. one. Yep. Uh, number six, flu shots can cause the flu. That's false. Good. That's what I thought because it's dead virus. Right, exactly. Well, you know, you got to be careful because I think, uh, don't they have the ones that they shoot up your nose now? Very good. It's in the, That's in this article as well. Um, a nasal spray form of the vaccine does contain a live, significantly weakened form of the virus. That kind is only used in healthy people, neither the very young or very old, whose immune systems are in top form. That's on my list of things I can't do because of embryo. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, but the the technically the wording of this is flu shots. Right. Because those are made with the dead vaccine, yep. the dead virus. Now, the shots and I they, can get. And and they said the the reason that you may feel like you're getting the flu is it's stimulating an immune response, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, some things are achy-breaky, but they're not, you're not sick with the flu. Cool. Uh, pit bulls are an aggressive breed. And this one, you have they finesse it a little bit, I think. Uh, but what it says here is, the strange truth is, while reported dog bites... Uh, well, and that goes back to the... Uh, I heavily researched dog bites back during the Mr. Vic days. Yeah. And it was overwhelming the number of what they would call severe dog bites that were pit right. bulls. Right. It was massive percentage. Yes. And they talk about that uh, in here. Uh, I can read you the, the whole four paragraphs if you want. As far as information... Garnered from experience, the media, friends, and animal controls goes, 
There can be little doubt that pit bulls are more accurately American pit bull terriers and American Staffordshire terriers, or some mix thereof, are one of the most aggressive breeds around, maybe even vicious, and born that way. Strange truth is, while reported dog bites back that up, science does not. In 2008, researchers at the University of Pennsylvania studied thousands of dog bites, representing 33 breeds for aggressive tendencies toward humans. Pit bulls and Rottweilers scored below Chihuahuas, Jack Russells, and topping the aggression scale. Want to take a guess at the most aggressive scale? Mm. Most, most aggressive breed on this? No, I don't know. Dachshunds. Among the least aggressive were Labradors, Greyhounds, and Basset Hounds. Uh, what pit bulls do have in spades is prey instinct, which does increase the possibility of aggressive behavior toward other animals. They were originally bred in the 1800s to take down bulls by the nose. They also have incredible strength, extraordinary owner loyalty, and more than their share of terrible owners, all of which can contribute to dog bite attacks. Why then do the reports show far more pit bull attacks than dachshund attacks? Probably because the dachshund bites are less likely to require a trip to the ER. Right, and that's that's the statistics I was looking at. They were severe dog bites. I think right. I could let a chihuahua chew on me for a half an hour and I wouldn't notice it, okay? <laughs> and, and that's fair. So this is somewhat misleading. Technically, there are more dachshund bites than pit bull bites, but I would rather be bitten by a dachshund as well. I, I mean, it, it's uh, that one I'd put in... Uh, a couple of uh, Pinocchios on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, this one you probably don't care about. I don't really care about it too much. But it's not true that oily skin needs drying agents. Basically, it says if you dry out your skin, then acne produces more oil. And really what you need to do is water and clean, clean your skin. Oh, okay, for right. teenagers and stuff. Okay. Right, right. Um. Bottled water is safer than tap. This is not true. This is malarkey. Uh, and it says here, and I, I happen to have a friend who is a water treatment supervisor. Mm -hmm. And he it says here, municipal water sources are highly regulated for safety with a manda mandatory containment and checks happening hundreds of times per month. I know this to be true because he used to run around several times a night. And check the water. I think you'd have to change that a little bit. To you're talking about municipal water sources, being somebody who had a well. Your well can okay. get contaminated, and you don't have all those checks, and that's tap water. Okay, uh, that sounds like a really good point. But to me. I mean, if you if you go municipal water systems, they 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 are like uh, our friend said, who I know who you're talking about, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I believe that that it's probably pretty safe. Maybe it tastes crummy. Yeah, and they said, you know, there's more minerals in there or whatever. It's a different mineral content, but uh, definitely safer. And it says in this article that bottled water sources are to be evaluated four times per month. And municipal water is evaluated like three times per shift. Well, it's a pretty interesting uh, societal thing that's happened where we're buying our water because we never did that when we were kids. <laughs> right, never did, and never worried about it, and never got sick because of our water. It, uh, but I, I lived in a in a village with municipal water. Did you? Were you far enough out in the country yeah, had, to not be in? We had well water. Yeah, but never got sick just the same. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the last one, number 10 on our hit parade, and this one really surprised me. Diamonds are rare. Oh, okay. You know, I believe that one. I, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, exposés on uh, the diamond cartel and stuff and the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, marketing. So I guess right. it depends on what you call rare, but they use them in industry to grind holes and things. So, Right. but And they're actually referring to uh, gems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say not in the least. Diamonds are in such great supply that the only way to keep their prices high is to maintain the illusion of rarity. And among the things they do is advertise family diamonds, mm-hmm. and diamonds are forever, and they get people to keep them as a treasured heirloom. Mm-hmm. But according to this, if all the diamonds, you know, gemstone diamonds in the world were released on the market, the price would go way down. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article in the science, uh, science webpage the other day about uh, stars that are uh, basically totally made of diamond. Really? Well, they they burn the carbon and they they don't have enough mass, so they all squash down. <laughs> Huh. So it would be like a, a diamond dwarf or something. Yeah, a diamond dwarf. Big giant freaking thing that's all diamond. <laughs> going, wow. wow. <laughs> that would be cool. The, you can't land on them. They're too heavy, <laughs> too high. <laughs> wow. I, I, I never heard of that. I'm going, it's, I, I kind of was thinking of a disco ball, you know? Yeah. Giant yeah. disco ball star. What What's the, the space cartoon there with, with the. The dweeby guy with the orange hair, they, they could go land on some diamond. I have no idea. <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about? No. Oh, now I've got to look him up. Oh. Uh, and that means i got to move the microphone. I think it's time to play the music. Okay. <laughs> if you can grab a circle in your hands and twist it, that's an eight. 